Behind the Bite podcast is part of a network of podcasts that are good for the world. Check out podcasts like the Full of Shift podcast, After the First Marriage podcast, and Eating Recovery Academy over at practiceofthepractice.com backslash network. Welcome to Behind the Bite podcast. This podcast is about the real-life struggles women face with food, body image, and weight. We're here to help heal, inspire, and create better, healthier lives. Welcome. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I would be very surprised if anyone out there listening has not tried or been on at least one diet in their lives. And maybe I'm wrong, but you know what? I would actually love to be wrong. I would love it if diets never existed. I honestly believe that if diets did not exist, then the amount of people out there who have or who have had an eating disorder would be significantly less. I cannot tell you how many people, myself included, have shared that it was not until after they went on their first diet that they later on had an eating disorder. Um, but since I unfortunately do not have the power to eliminate diets and dieting, I want to continue to discuss them and bring as much awareness as possible to anyone out there listening about why they, you know, just simply put, they don't work. Um, so here with me today is someone who also has a lot to say about diets and is here to shed light on one aspect of them that even I hadn't really thought much about until I recently read one of her posts. So I'm really excited to have her here with us today. Uh, Wendy Ferraccio is a registered dietitian and certified personal trainer who coaches people on improving their health and relationship with food with a weight-neutral behavioral-focused approach. She is intuitive eating aligned and believes food should be a source of happiness and energy, not guilt and anxiety. Through her proven framework in her signature program, The Wellness Workshop, she's helped many people ditch the dieting mentality and truly find health and satisfaction with an all foods fit approach. All right. Well, Wendy, I'm excited to have you here. Um, so for, you know, people listening, I'm just going to uh, tell us a little bit about like how you got uh, started and where you're at in your career right now that you know, obviously I'm having you on. So um, they might want to know a little bit about you. Yeah, sure. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about this today. Um, my name is Wendy Ferracchio. I am an intuitive eating aligned registered dietitian. So I coach people on improving their health through like a weight neutral behavior focused approach. Um, my overall goal with my clients is to eliminate confusion and make them confident and fulfilled eaters. That's something that I really struggled with in the past. I got my start in my interest in nutrition from fitness. And if anyone listening or even you are familiar with like fitness culture, it can be toxic at times. It's very aesthetic oriented. Um, so I remember like one of my first, like bigger coaching jobs, like in the training, it was very much like, oh, you know, everyone's going to be watching you and looking at you. And if you look a certain way, they're going to trust you to do this workout. And so it's, it's very hard not to get caught up in that kind of 
culture. So I definitely struggled with, you know, what's the best way to do things and what's the diet that's going to work. And, you know, my, my natural body type. And since I was younger has always been like a little, I call it like stocky. I'm an athletic build. So like I was never the skinny kid and I always thought there was something wrong with that. And it wasn't until after I kind of discovered the world that exists of like intuitive eating and like health at every size that I was like, oh, there is no one way that's the best way. And so that was really enlightening for me when I became a registered dietitian. I didn't set out to do this kind of work because we weren't taught that. Uh, that was really an option. You're kind of given like, okay, you know, you can do clinical, you can do this, that, and the other thing and very weight loss, uh, heavy talk. So I really didn't know this was even a thing until after I was a dietitian. And that, that really like, once I kind of understood this thinking, it opened up so much for me and it, it gave me clarity and kind of validated the way I had always been wanting to live my, my life, but had never felt encouraged to live. So that's what like, I hope to pass on to everyone is that feeling of kind of freedom. I mean, I know food freedom is kind of used all over social media nowadays, but it really like, I really double down on, on the meaning of that. I feel like that's just, it's, it's such an important concept to me. So that's kind of how I kind of how I landed here, I guess. I'm curious, like, how did you, uh, and, and learn about it after all your training. Mm. Really interesting that it's not taught to you in your training. Yes. Um, I don't know if things have changed at this point because I feel like it has blown up as like a, um, con- it's not a new concept, intuitive eating, but I feel just like with more of the body positive movements, especially on social media, it's gotten a little bit bigger. And um, I had interviewed with a registered dietitian who owns a practice um, with a therapist that I knew. And I give her full credit for introducing me to this because they ran um, and it was focused on eating disorders and they were a very, very much intuitive eating aligned health at every size. They would not even if somebody called them and they were like, hey, I'm interested in weight loss, they would refer them out. They wouldn't even handle weight loss. And I was like, oh, wow, that's so interesting because that's never something that I was taught was an option to like, oh, we don't do that. It was like, no, you just help people lose weight. That's what we're taught to do. So I just remember in the interview, I I was kind of asking her like questions about that. Like I, I, it was so foreign to me. And then she recommended the book, um, intuitive. I always like literally have it next to me. So I'm just like looking to the side. She recommended that I read that book and I was like, okay, I'll do it. And I read it and I was like, wow, I, I didn't know this was, um, such a, such an important piece that's missing. I feel if we all thought about food a little bit different, I feel like most people wouldn't be in the situations that they're in. Right. Yeah. Um, I really do wish that they would have training on that. And because I do think most people, at least my experience, um, they've actually come out uh, from meeting a lot of dietitians and nutritionists kind of, I almost want to say, quote unquote, more damaged in terms of like their relationship with food, because their emphasis has been on like counting calories and weight loss. And I'm it's really hard pressed. It's getting much easier now, I have to say, but in my years, I've I'm old. I've been doing this a long time. Um, 
you know, it was very difficult to find dietitians and nutritionists that were not focused on weight loss and mm-hmm. even knew anything about eating disorders. Mm-hmm. I talked to my patients who had eating disorders. So I'm very grateful for you. Mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's been a pleasant surprise doing this podcast uh, to find dietitians out there who are more focused on the intuitive eating and like you said, food freedom. So I'm really mm-hmm. thankful for you and all oh, yes. out there. So I'm happy to, I'm happy to be doing what I'm doing. I feel like, um, it's, I've never felt better about a message like in my life that I believed in so much. So I'm happy to be fighting the good fight, um, for everybody. Awesome. So, you know, the reason I, uh, was so intrigued with, um, your social media and what you, uh, have out there. And the reason I have you on is because Oh my goodness. Like we could talk about diets all day long and probably people listening going, Oh my gosh, another podcast about diets. But you know, you, you posted something that really caught my eye because we do think Mm -hmm. about diets and we think restriction. And Mm -hmm. that's typically what I think most people think about, but you Mm -hmm. brought up this concept that's like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Like there's this whole other side to diets that like, I don't think we talk about enough. Um, And so I kind of want to let you take the reins on this because you you really got my head spinning with this one. And I was like, oh, we talk about this. Yes. Oh yeah. So yes. Um, so the, the word restriction, like you said, that's what we think about what we can't eat, what we can't have, how to reduce your intake, reduce your size. It's all about cutting things down, making yourself smaller. And that is definitely true. Like, like we said, like we both know, and like, I'm sure your listeners know, that is the main message of dieting. It's how can I cut down? But there is a, a piece that I feel there is an overconsumption in diet culture as well. So meaning consuming things to excess or much more than you normally would or would be considered reasonable in as in any instance. And so since we're talking about like diet foods, in diet culture, like the overconsumption may not lead to the feelings of like overly stuffed, uncomfortably full that a regular kind of food might give you, but it's the, it's really in the action of it. It's almost like the logistics of it that I got that really intrigues me, um, where we are taking alternatives, swaps, healthy versions of things and we're over consuming them way more than we would have we just had what we wanted and it's almost encouraged in diet culture i think so i'll just if if it's okay i'll just start off with like my favorite example uh, which is healthy versions of things so the one i usually like when people are like wait what do you mean overconsumption dieting is all about under consuming what do you mean by people are eating too much and i say okay here's my here's like a really clear example i'm going to pick on halo top ice cream for a second um the main selling point is what it says right on the front which is you can eat the entire pint for around i know some of them are different but it's like around 300 calories So they're basically calling you out like, 
I know you want to eat this entire thing and you know you want to eat this entire thing. So go ahead and do it guilt-free. It's encouraging overconsumption because it's healthier and it's therefore acceptable. But if you had a regular pint of ice cream, eating the entire thing would not be encouraged or even generally accepted. But since it's healthier, it's almost encouraged. Yes, quote unquote. Yes, big air quotes. (laughs) Big air quotes around healthier because it's lower calorie. We're like, okay, I can have the entire pint of ice cream. But, you know, when, when I'm talking to a client or when you're talking to someone, you're like, wow, like wh- I'm almost like, what is going on that it's that you need the entire thing? Because I think we can all agree, like eating a whole pint of ice cream is considered like over-consuming ice cream. There's something else going on right there. So that's like kind of the example I lead with because I think it paints a clear picture. Like you can compare ice cream to ice cream Mm -hmm. and you're saying like, okay, this you, but I can eat the whole thing. And it's like, okay, but why do you feel like you need the whole thing? Mm -hmm. It's encouraged. It's accepted. It's allowed. So that's kind of why. So that's like usually the example that I, that I kind of lead with. No, and that's a great example. Because I've seen those two and I'm like, yeah, like, that's really interesting that they have that on. I didn't even know Halo Top existed, you know, but I was at the store when they was like, what is this? It's really interesting, right? Yes. And it's like the biggest print on the, and I, I, I don't mean to like pick on it, but like, it's just now that we're talking about it. It's the biggest font on the, on the pint. It's like the calorie amount is right. I think it's even bigger in bigger font than the, um, the name of the product. So it's really calling you out like this whole thing. You can have the entire thing. I know you want to. I know you want to sit down to a whole pint of ice cream and you can do it without guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then you probably have other examples. I have others in my head, like as soon as I knew you were coming on, I, like, yep. I, I thought back in my years mm-hmm. about all the other things. Yeah. Like, yeah. but I don't know if you have other examples that kind of come to mind for you too, that were like so blatant. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I think it also has to do with, um, with satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm big, like I talk to my clients a lot about food satisfaction because if, I, as I'm sure we can all relate in dieting, you're really never quite satisfied because you've probably cut out a lot of foods that you'd like, or a lot of foods that are more like more satisfying to your taste, like, you know, kind of like sugary or fatty or salty, or, you know, not like we eat those foods every day all the time, but these are the foods we typically, that get the ax right away because they're typically higher calorie. So we kind of avoid those, but so we kind of, we pick diet foods and then we end up eating more because you were looking for satisfaction in it. It's like, you kind of like, okay, um, I'm just going to take another bite of this like ice cream, like dessert doesn't really taste like real ice cream and it's not really good, but I'm allowed to have it. So I'm just going to keep eating it thinking like the more I eat, maybe I'll find the satisfaction along the way. Um, or it might just be that you're allowed to eat more. So you feel like kind of obligated you want to like take advantage, like, well, I can eat this whole thing. So why wouldn't I almost like it doesn't count in a way. So 
like we can definitely make the argument that if you were to have another type of ice cream, a Ben and Jerry's, a Haagen-Dazs, something a little more indulgent or just right normal ice cream, it wouldn't take a lot to be satisfied. But with a diet version, you're looking for satisfaction and you feel like maybe eating the whole entire thing will give you that satisfaction. And I think if we're being real, a lot of the time, even if you eat the whole thing, it really doesn't. It doesn't really hit the hit like ice cream. So I think that's another piece of it. It's kind of like we're looking for the satisfaction and it's just not there. I think another example, I just thought about this would be like those hundred calorie packs or like the chips ahoy and the little oreo thins like i definitely ate those growing i don't even know if they still make those anymore but i definitely ate those growing up and it was like you know you had to eat like six packs for it to be satisfying at all because what you really wanted you couldn't have so it's like you can eat 600 calories of these 100 calorie packs or you could really just have two regular oreos you know and be satisfied but we kind of go for these like unsatisfying alternatives, hoping to find satisfaction along the way. And I think we keep going and over consuming to find it. And, and I don't know, I can't speak for everybody, but I think for me, and I feel like I'm assuming correctly that like we really don't find it in those kinds of foods. Well, just as you were talking too, I was, I was thinking back to my eating disorder days and, um, you know, this obviously quite some time ago, but I remember reading magazines, you know, we didn't have social media and internet, but mm -hmm. distinctly seeing pictures and articles in magazines with like showing pictures of like, you can have all these green beans and vegetables and like showing plates of them and then showing, but, or you could have like one peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's like, what would you rather have? And it was definitely like communicated, like it's way better to have all these plates of this and like, because then you'll be, you know, depriving yourself, all you get is this one little measly thing. And that played into my head for sure. You know, mm. definitely when I was into that. And I think the thing that came up to mind when you were talking is not just the satisfaction, but the decreasing guilt, you know, mm. it's like, I feel less guilty having the equivalent of like that you said, the halo top versus the Haagen-Dazs. It's like mm -hmm. the Haagen-Dazs would instill more oh my gosh, I'm so guilty. I'm so bad. That's a quote unquote bad food. Mm -hmm. The halo's the quote unquote good, healthy food. And so it's like playing into the eating disorder mind of like, if I eat the healthy oh, yeah. food, I'm healthy. I'm good. If I eat this, I'm bad. Yes. I'm bad. Like, and the guilt that would come in the fear that would come of, oh my gosh, I ate this bad food. Now what's going to happen to me? And the eating disorder voice, I'm like, I'm going to gain weight. I'm going to this, I'm going to that. And so to avoid that, it's like, oh, this is safe. This is Oh, this is okay, yes. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's safe. It's accepted. Yes. I love the I love the word safe that you use. That's totally, I think that's totally what they're selling is like you can have this. Mm -hmm. And what we don't understand so much is that you can really have anything. But yeah, the safety of it, the guilt-free, the elimination of guilt for anyone struggling with disordered eating, eating disorders is is a number one driver. We don't want to feel guilty. So what can we do so we don't feel guilty? How do we eliminate that that feeling of guilt? And this is giving you exactly how. It's like, oh, just eat this version then. And you can eat however much you want. And that's, I love how you brought up like the 
that the comparison I've, I've, I definitely fell victim to that. And I've seen, I still see that sometimes today. It's like, Oh, you can eat all of this or just this. And that's like a big, I'm thinking specifically about like zucchini noodles and like regular pasta. Like, so now I'm thinking about maybe like a swap, not so much like, okay, this is a iced cream, quote unquote, and this is a ice cream, but here's like, are you want a noodle? Okay. So you can either have a cup of cooked pasta, but for the same amount of calories, you can have an entire squash and it's or two or three and it's the same calories so you're eating you get the satisfaction again air quotes on satisfaction because is it really but you're getting the satisfaction of eating more volume yeah and you're really not still getting what you want so like and and you kind of you rationalize you're like well why would I only have a cup of pasta if I can have an entire squash like obviously, especially if you're in the restrictive mindset of dieting, you're going to go for the squash because that feels less restrictive somehow because of the volume. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's another like really good example. And I think that is, I, I, now that I'm thinking about that, it's just like, it's really the carbohydrate family, I think gets it the worst. It's like the veggie noodles, the cauliflower rice, cauliflower pizza, cauliflower has had such a moment the past decade um, roasted radishes instead of like potatoes, which I've done and absolutely hated lettuce wraps instead of like a bun, almond flour, instead of regular flour. It's like, we just, these swaps that Mm -hmm. nothing is going to satisfy you like a bun, (laughs) you know, like if you want a piece of bread and you bite into a lettuce wrap, I mean, how are you going to feel coming out of that? Like, it's not going to be the satisfaction that you want. So it's, yeah, it's really, it's tricky too, because you can feel kind of full because of the volume of that you're eating, like the overconsumption of some of these like vegetable swaps. But, you know, it's like, we kind of, we just kind of miss the whole point of satisfaction in that sense. You're talking about quantity over quality. And that's, you know, a discussion that everyone needs to have individually, like what's important to you, but yeah, like over consuming on like the the healthy swaps, quote unquote is, um, yeah, for the volume. That's such a, such a good point to bring up volume eating. Cause that's like, that's huge. Well, and you know, I don't know any of you listening, remember back to, I just, thinking back to the, all the Weight Watchers commercials before about points and oh, yeah. there were zero point foods that were vegetables mm-hmm. and fruits. And I just remember too thinking, oh my gosh, these people that I knew were on that were eating vegetables and fruits all day long because there were mm-hmm. zero points and they were quote unquote saving their points for like mm-hmm. one day where they were having their day where they had all their points for the week. Yes. Um, and I, now that I think about it, and even back then when I was thinking about it, I was like, that's really strange. Mm-hmm. They can have all of this type of food that was mm-hmm. deemed quote unquote healthy and zero points. But I was like, how does food have zero points? And then they save it all up for one or two days. And that that whole concept is just what you're talking about. It's like promoting right. overconsumption of one type of food, one category of food, and everything else is is really the dichotomy of good and bad and healthy and unhealthy, right? And earning your 
whatever bad whatever indulgent foods and like Mm -hmm. very horrible mentality absolutely and that's definitely one of the things I I was thinking about knowing that we were going to talk about this was that concept of free foods Mm-hmm. because that I was, and you know, I was definitely victim to that when I was doing like the Weight Watchers thing. And even like, I think Noom has their like green, they had to do like the, the, the um, Trapiclate system. So they have like the green foods, the yellow foods, you know, moderation. Then they have the red foods, which is like, stay away. But like the green foods, the free foods, it's like those are the ones that people are like, okay, exactly like you said, I'm eating a lot of this. I'm eating only this because I'm saving up for a time that I can have a a binge, a cheat, you know, whatever language you want to use, you're saving up for that, like free for all. And in preparation for that, you are totally like over consuming on those free foods. And I think part of that too, it gives you I don't know if this was maybe in one of their meetings they had to determine the free food kind of marketing. But to me, that gave me a sense of freedom in a way. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm not being restricted because I can eat however many strawberries, carrot sticks that I want. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, you kind of end up feeling not completely deprived because, oh, they're allowing me to have as much of this food as I want. So you end up sticking with the plan, so to say, because you're you're feeling like, okay, I'm not fully restricted. So you don't really feel like that rebellious nature kicking in because it's like, okay, well, I know I can't have this, but on the other hand, I can have as much as I want of that. So kind of like, you kind of like trade off, right? Like that's, it kind of gives you a sense of freedom in a very twisted way, I think. So I'm curious, you know, as we're talking about this being, you know, what you do for a living, like, <laughs> is that even balanced, like nutrition uh, for people to have that kind of eating where they're eating all of this, quote unquote, like fruits and vegetables, like, and in such an over-consuming kind of way, mm-hmm. eating just like that and providing your body with fuel in that way, like what... What, what says you about that? <laughs> no, that's to- totally a fair question. And I would definitely, I would say it's like, we, we talk about balance, right? Like I talk to people about balance and I think most dietitians can agree that like balance is best adequate diets with a good variety and a good balance of things. So like, yeah, if, if I, you know, I always have my clients do um, food journals. We don't track, measure, weigh, or anything like that. I have them do like a photo journal. So it's like, it's a very easy way for me to understand what their eating patterns are without them having to feel like getting in that, that tracking mindset, which I'm trying to get out of. But yeah, if I had looked on a journal and I was seeing like plates and plates of like fruits and vegetables and like these mass amounts, I would be like, whoa that's like overkill. Like that's too much. Like it is like, I think physiologically, like too much at once, you know, whether it's too much fiber at one serving, because if we're talking about fruits and vegetables, like you're getting a good amount of fiber in probably. So it's like, okay, we're taking in a lot of fiber. And then there's like a ton of vitamins, minerals that we're taking in all at one time. And like, is that, you know, okay. Is, is that a healthy behavior? 
you know, for your body, your probably your body probably would prefer a little bit more balance than that throughout the day. You know, they, we even talk about that in terms of macronutrients. Like we talk about, you know, protein intake and it's like, okay, spread your protein intake, you know, every three to four hours or so, or whatever, you know, your personal recommendations are. But I think for the, like all in all spreading things out in normal amounts, that's going to be the best way for your body to, you know, handle the food and that you're eating and take out what it needs and send this there and get this little mineral to do its job over here. I, I feel like the, just an onset of like a ton of fruits and vegetables at once, probably not digestively the best approach for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's the other part. I think that's, that's missing is like, what does the food actually do for your body and how mm-hmm. to digest it? And, you know, the nutrition aspect of it, like mm-hmm. where does the food actually go? Like, what's the purpose of the food? Like the vitamins, the minerals, like mm-hmm. that, that part, like, at least for me, when I was going through my recovery, I found the nutrition counseling part, like the most helpful, like, why am I actually afraid of this food? Because right. I actually need that component I need I need this food so that my bones grow like they're stable (laughs) and my heart's functioning and like I absorb vitamins and minerals and like when I was in the eating disorder in the quote-unquote restrictive phase it's like I'm not getting any of that wait a minute hold on yes 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 absolutely and that's talking about that like in a recovery stage is really where it's most effective because you're really not able to process that when your mindset is in that restrictive sense where you're like, "Mm, I'm only focusing on how many calories is this? How much am I burning off? How much am I taking in? Let me do the math. If that's the only thing you're focusing on, it is very difficult to conceptualize how a food is acting in your body and what it's really giving you. And it's like beautiful once you understand that and you can say like, hey, I'm not looking at this food as the amount of calories. I'm looking at this as vitamin C that's going to help me with this and calcium that's going to help me with this and protein and fiber that's going to help me with this and that. And like, that's a whole different mindset shift. And that's, that's a great point to apply to this conversation too, because when we're like over consuming these like healthy alternatives, healthy swaps, these like all these fat free foods or whatever, we're not considering at all what's in them probably, you know? And so, or what it's doing for our bodies or doing to harm our bodies because of the nature of some of these foods, like a lot of clients experience, you know, GI distress where there's additives and there's certain thickeners and stabilizers and whatever, you know, you want to add to it to make it feel like the real thing. So understanding that how they're impacting your digestive system, you just can't, when you're in that diet mindset, it's impossible to even consider that. Like that's not your concern really, right? Would you agree that it's not even your concern at that moment at all? You're like, how many calories is this? Great. That's all I care about. (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's like your point is like over consuming a lot of one thing and restricting a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, exactly. And that's the focus. That's the whole thing. You know, looking at all these, you know, I always kind of sit back and go, okay, what's the, <laughs> the diet that has the 15 minutes of fame right now? It's always mm-hmm. interesting to me, like, what's coming up the pipe next? Because, like, mm-hmm. back when I was younger, it was 
carbs were king. Oh my gosh, don't eat fat. Like, I don't know up into protein. It wasn't talked about, but it was like, <laughs> everything was like snack wells. Like, I don't even know if they yes. exist anymore, but it was like, you know, do not eat fat. Fat's bad. Mm-hmm. Carbs, eat as much carbs as you can. And that was like so mm-hmm. flipped. And I find it it's so interesting, but like, yes, it like is what's coming next, you know? I know, I know. And that's, it's, it's, you know, it'll give you whiplash, like trying to keep up, like you're looking over here, what's next? And look at what's this thing. And then back to this. And it's like, I think a lot of people come to me with that kind of, you know, concern almost. They're like, listen, I don't know what I'm doing out here. Like things are changing all the time. And like the nutrition, I think one thing that people say to me so much is nutrition is always changing. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, it's not. <laughs> Bads are always changing, right? Like, but nutrition, it's ever evolving. And I love that about nutrition. But basic, you know, healthy eating principles are pretty much indisputable to a degree, you know, for, for the general population. Um, it's yeah, but it's, it's so, it's so hard to keep up with all the trends. And when all that changes so fast, like in 15 minutes, like you said, like really, you know, we have the next thing and the next thing. And it's like, you feel like you can't trust anything. And so you almost like, double down on your diet thoughts because that's the kind of only thing that's giving you a sense of control when it feels like an out of control kind of world. But yeah, that's like, it's so, it's so hard to keep up with that, but that's what I always tell people. I'm like, listen, nutrition doesn't change that much. It's evolving. Yes. But the fads, like it's the fads. That's what's really changing. That's what's keeping us on our toes (laughs) and not in a good way. (laughs) So, um, Here's like, do you, um, for anyone out there who's kind of thinking like, okay, um, if I'm over consuming things and like, this is working for me, I feel like this is, you know, helping me to with anything like, do you have any words of encouragement to kind of get them off that track? Like, they're like, I don't want to give up my, you know, equivalent to halos, or even if they're having halos, I don't want to give this up. I, I like the way this is working. Like any words you could impart to them? Yeah. I mean, I think what I would probably encourage is finding out what your, like, kind of like, what's your why, you know, what do you want really? Because I think I don't want to give off the impression to anybody that I'm like, don't ever do this. You know, that's terrible. And, you know, I want to support people in what they feel is working, but I really do. What I would encourage is what kind of digging deeper and asking yourself those deeper questions, you know, why is it the quantity that's important to me? Why do I feel like the volume is really important to me to quote unquote, stay on track? Um, what emotions am I feeling? Am I feeling, you know, dissatisfied? Am I feeling still that stress or anxiety around food? Is there still guilt there? Um, Figuring out, you know, what is playing into why you're behaving that way, I think can be super eye-opening and it can really kind of validate what you're doing or it can encourage you to change paths and might maybe lead you down a healthier path. But 
we get so good at talking ourselves into things like this is working. I'm okay. I'm fine. You know, everybody out there is like, no, I'm good. And you know, there's like a fire in the background or in your brain, you know? And so we, I think we talk ourselves into like, no, this is fine. I'm good. I'm enjoying this. I just, I like this just as much as regular ice cream. And, you know, I'm sure there are people out there that are completely content with it. But I think for most of us, it's something that we talk ourselves into believing. So kind of taking a step back and saying, okay, I'm going to ask myself and really answer honestly, what am I trying to do? What am I trying to achieve? Where am I trying to be? You know, what's my point B? I'm at point A. What's my point B? And what does that look like for me? And kind of when we ask those deeper questions, it it has the ability to change your course. And you may feel relief almost that like, okay, I don't have to eat this. Like I don't have to eat spaghetti or spaghetti squash noodles anymore. I can eat Haagen-Dazs ice cream and it's learning how to do that in a healthy way and a in a truly guilt-free way not talking about calories or anything like in a real in the absence of guilt um so yeah i i would i would really encourage getting in touch with your body is absolutely key how does this make me feel like how does this physically make me feel too like what's playing into this decision and then once i do it how do i feel So like just encouraging more reflection, I think, because you're, you're, you know, it's already in you. It's already in there. Whatever you want to be or however you want to be, it's there. You don't need anyone else to be the example for you. Like you have it. You just have to reach in and be really, and have like that honest conversation with yourself that kind of like points you in the right direction and get real about why you're doing this. and. And what you want out of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I know people listening are probably like, okay, like, she's great. How do I find Wendy? How do I work with her? Like, um, yes. so if they do want to find you and follow you, I encourage you to follow her on Instagram and social media. She's got great posts. Um, how, how can they do that? Yes. Um, I'm on Instagram pretty much exclusively, um, at wellness underscore by Wendy. Um, that's my business name too, wellness by Wendy. So, um, I have my signature, uh, program is called the wellness workshop and it is a 12 week one-to-one coaching program that starts with like that mindset and kind of like food thought and body image work, like kind of like how we were talking about how, that's very important to do before you talk about nutrition. So we do that. So to set the foundation for you to be able to receive nutrition information in a more accepting space, um, in a more healthful, like emotionally, physically space. So I only do like one-on-one coaching because that's just, I don't know, that's just kind of my jam right now. I know there's a lot of like group stuff going on out there and that's great. But for me, um, the one-on-one is like, I really, really enjoy that like personalized, like that close relationship with people. Um, And yeah, on my social media, I share a ton about intuitive eating. I'm a big talker about emotional eating because that's definitely a big part of my past personally. And I just like to share ways that 
you know, kind of like thought provoking ways that you can do some of this work yourself to just kind of like evaluate your own life. Cause at the end of the day, like you're your biggest advocate. And of course I'm always there to guide people and like kind of show them the way and give them here's to think about this and let's think about that. And like, but really, I really encourage that like intrinsic motivation. So that's like what I want for all of my clients. And that's why like the one-on-one work is so important to me, but that's a long way to answer. That's where you can find me. (laughs) No, that's great though. I love it. Um, so that'll all be in the show notes. If you didn't get that down, don't worry. Um, Wendy, it has been such a pleasure to have you on all this great information and thought provoking also. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for having me. I was thrilled to talk about this and yeah, thank you so much. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.